Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Mindfulness with Rabbi G. So today I want to look at a very important part of mindfulness and mindful living, which is the relationship between the past and the future. So we know that mindful living very much is connected with being in the moment, maximizing the potential of each moment, letting go of the past, letting go of the baggage of the past, the worries of the future, and just being completely present in a context where this present moment, as we spoke about last time, is fresh, it's pure, it's not connected with the past or the, or the future, and therefore I can maximize everything that I can get out of the present in terms of the experience and in terms of the meaning and the purpose, which is in the present moment. But we have to explore this a little bit from a Jewish point of view about how the moment does actually relate to the past and the future. So there's a critical Jewish idea that I like to put it in the following way. And that is that from a Jewish perspective, we live in the moment, but not for the moment. There's a very big difference between living in the moment and for the moment. So we have a story in the Torah, in the Bible, where Yitz, um, um, Yitzhak, our patriarch Isaac, has two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is the righteous one. Esau becomes the hunter, the murderer, the evil one. And it was on the day when Isaac passed away. And Jacob was in the kitchen cooking lentils for his father Isaac, because that's a custom for a person in mourning till today. There's a custom that a person in mourning eats lentils because it's around and it's got to do with the cycle of life and so on and so forth. And Esau, Esau was out hunting. Comes back tired, worn out from the day's experiences. He walks in and he sees Jacob cooking those lentils, cooking lentil soup. And he says, I'm very tired, I'm hungry. Give me some, pour some of that into my mouth. Feed me some of that lentil broth. And Jacob sees his moment because when Jacob and Esau were born, they were twins, but Esau, Esau was the firstborn. And Jacob says to Esau, I will give you the soup on condition you sell me your first, your right to the, to the first birth, to the, being the firstborn. And Esau says something very telling. He turns around to Jacob and he says, I'm about to die anyways. Who cares? I just care about now. I'm living for the moment. And therefore, of course you can have the birthright. It's not a problem. And he sits down and he, and he gulps up the soup. A lot to talk about that particular incident. But the idea behind it is that the perspective of Esau was to live for the moment. No worries about the past. No worries about the future. Just for the moment, whatever I can get out of the moment, I'll get out of it. From a pleasure point of view, from a materialistic point of view. In Judaism, we don't live for the moment. Yes, we live in the moment. A very, a very effective way of living, of course, is living in the moment. Being completely present. But as people who live with meaning and purpose, the past and the future are actually very important. Because there's a mission and a purpose in this particular moment and that is where i need to be completely present in but there's also a life mission a life goal there's a plan an overall mission statement there's an overall meaning an overall purpose to my entire life 
So let's explore that. How do we then live in the moment, but at the same time be connected to the past and the future? So there's a well-known Jewish saying, and it goes something like this. I'll say it in Hebrew because it's very beautiful in Hebrew, and I'll translate it. It goes, it's a famous saying that people quote. All, it's, I'm not sure if the source is so well-known, but it's a very well-quoted idea. And it says the following. It says, He'avar ayin, the past is no more. Ve'atid adayin, and the future. In Hebrew, the word atid means future. Ve'atid adayin, the future has not yet come. The present is just a fleeting moment. So So where does the worry come from? In other words, why worry? The past is no longer here. The future has not, has, not, has not yet come. And the present is just a moment. So why do we worry? Now, of course, that seems to fit right in to the contemporary mindfulness thinking, which espouses and teaches that this moment is the only moment to use the words of John Kabat-Zinn, he says, now is always the right time because it's the only time, which is a great mindfulness line and seems to be a great strategy, but actually it's not entirely true because the past is not completely gone and the future is not just anticipated, but very much, very much should be part of our present consciousness and our present decision-making. So let's, uh, let's explore how all that works and how all that comes together. So there's another Jewish saying, a Talmudic saying actually, which teaches us that a zehu chacham, who is a wise person, haroe et hanolad, he who sees the consequences, the future, what is going to come out of what happens now. That's a wise person. A person has the perspective that what I do now affects the tomorrow. So this is a saying which certainly takes into consideration the future. And yet, before we said, Ha'atid adayin, the future has not yet come. So which one is it? And the secret lies in the description, in the word used for future. There are two distinct words here. One word is atid. Atid means the future that hasn't yet come. The other word, which where the Talmud says that we, he who is wise is one that considers the future, it does not use the term atid, which means the future that has not yet come, the future that's out of my control. The terminology that it uses is nolad, the future which is affected by the now. That's very different. Of course, what we do now affects the future. And therefore, part of the now, part of being in the now, part of being in the moment means that we make decisions that are value-based, that are moral, that are ethical, not only as they affect the now, but as they affect the tomorrow. There's a saying from someone called the Tashbets, who's a 15th century stage, a, a sage, and he said the following. He said, a person should think about the future and do what he can to save himself from evil and that which is not in his control, he should have confidence in God and not worry about it. In other words, there's a part of the future that is in our control. Because we know that we have choice when it comes to our moral decisions. We have choice when it comes to our ethical choices. And therefore, what we do now might affect our character. It might affect other people tomorrow, the, 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 the next day. We even have 
choices that we need to make which are part of responsible living. If someone, God forbid, in our family is not well, we need to seek the best medical advice. We need to seek that now and be fully in the now, fully immersed in what we can do now. But what we're doing now, of course, is because it's part of our responsible decision-making process and our responsible obligation to make choices which affect our health. Now, these are choices that are going to affect next week. They're going to affect two weeks' time. The problem with us is that what we often do is we try to control that part of the future that is out of our control. Meaning the part of the future that is in our control is the part that is connected with the ethical and moral choices that we make now. That part which is connected to the responsibilities that we have now to live in an ethical and responsible way. But what is ultimately going to turn out is not in our control. So we wake up in the morning on a very simple, on a very simple level. We wake up in the morning and we make a choice about the day. We plan the day. And so we should. Because part of ethical living or responsible living is to live responsibly and to plan out a day properly. But then the meeting that I'm going to have 3 o'clock this afternoon, I start to worry about the person who I'm having the meeting with, how they're going to react. Are they going to listen to my proposal? Are they going to be favorable to what I'm telling them? That's totally out of our control. That's up to God. Whether our plans work out in exactly the way we plan them or not, that is up to God. That's the part we have to let go. That's the part which cannot define the now. So the atid, the future, meaning the future that is not in our control, we have to completely let go of. The nolad, the part of the future that is affected by the moral and ethical choices that I make now, that we should be connected to. We should be considering. So we don't worry about the future, but we consider the future. Of course, this is best put in the very famous Alcoholics Anonymous prayer that is said at the conclusions of AA meetings. And they say, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. In other words, we do think about the future and the impact that the now will have, but we don't worry. We let go of control. The problem with us often is that we switch it around. We worry and stress over the things we cannot control and we don't give enough attention to the things we can do now that will affect the future, the things that are in our control now, the choices that we can make now that could affect the future. Now, of course, the exact same thing is about the past. In Jewish thinking, of course, we think about the past. The past is very important. As we talk about this concept now, it is the month of Elul. It's the month where we've entered into the preparation period for the new year, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The theme of this month is the concept we call in Hebrew tshuva, repentance. Tshuva means to repair the past. So what does that mean? Are we bogged down by the past? Absolutely not. But we learn from the past. In other words, to maximize the present, to maximize the now to live in the moment. And when we say living in the moment, we talk about living in the moment in a deeper way. Not just to be present on a superficial way, but to be present in the moment, to get out of the moment the best possible meaning and purpose, to be the best person I can be now in this moment, to, the, to be the best ethical, spiritual, moral person I can be in this moment. We need to consider the past. We need to learn from the past. We need to bring in the past. We need to elevate the past. We need to take the mistakes of the past and let them be a catalyst for change in the now. Let them be a catalyst for an improved now. 
So what the soul means to put it all together really is that as responsible human beings living in the moment, but because we don't live for the moment, we live for an overall mission, we certainly consider the past, we learn from the past, and we consider the future. But we never let the past and the future define the now. That's the critical thing. Last week we spoke about the freshness of the moment. The freshness of the moment is absolutely clear. That is important. That is critical. I wake up today, no matter what happened yesterday, it doesn't make a difference. No matter how bad I was yesterday, perhaps. No matter how stressed I was yesterday. No matter what's coming tomorrow, it's the now that counts for now. This is the most important moment. But this moment, therefore, is not defined at all by the yesterday or the tomorrow. But it certainly incorporates the yesterday and tomorrow to make the now really work, to make the now really valuable. I'm going to learn from yesterday. I'm not going to let the yesterday define the today because today's a new day. Today God believes in me as we spoke about last time. Today we say in Ani prayer, Rabba Emunatecha, great is your faithfulness because I woke up in the morning, which means that God gave me another day because He believes I can do it no matter what happened yesterday. I'm not going to let the, the worry of tomorrow define the today because what, what, what is important now is the way I live my life now, the way I serve God today. But I am going to learn from yesterday to make the now better and I'm going to consider the future to make the now much more responsible. So putting that all together just in, in, in summary therefore is we live in the moment, not for the moment. But part of living in the moment is to learn from the past, consider the future, but don't let either of them define the now. So as we begin the day, let's just practice that together a little bit and join me in our morning meditation. In whatever position you are, whatever's more comfortable for you, it can be sitting, standing. Meditation doesn't have to be um, in a particular position. You could be lying down on the floor, you could be sitting, you could be even standing, as long as there's a focus and as long as you're in the moment, comfortable, perhaps with a bit of calmness and um, being focused on the now. Remove the distractions when you're comfortable, perhaps close your eyes and just try to be aware. Try to be aware of the now. Try to focus on your surroundings, become conscious of where you are, where you're sitting, where you're standing. Perhaps try and feel the place where you're sitting on or the floor that you're standing on. And to bring more consciousness, focus on your breathing for a few moments. you focus on your breathing perhaps try and breathe a little bit deeper hold it there for a few moments and feel the sensation of letting go breathe in hold two three slowly breathe out breathe in hold two three slowly breathe out keep doing that for a few moments feel every breath that you take Feel the sensation of breathing out.
Notice how every breath you take is distinct from the other, separate from the previous one, separate from the past one, from the future one, and yet part of a continuum, part of a rhythm. Breathing is continuous. Just try and connect to the rhythm of your breath in and out distinct from breathing in and out again Think about your breathing as each moment of the day. Each moment is distinct, each moment is separate, but part of a whole, part of a rhythm, part of a continuum. Each nishima, each breath, expresses the nishama the soul. Each moment the soul is fresh, the now is what counts, but part of the whole. I learn from the past and consider the future. Just notice each distinct breath be in each moment. Remembering we live in the moment, but not for the moment. Each moment is an infusion of new soul purity of divine energy that is what defines me not yesterday not tomorrow just for a moment think of something that happened yesterday that you can learn from Maybe a mistake, maybe a positive experience. Think about that for a moment. I will learn from my yesterday experience, but I won't let it define me. I will consider the future, but live in the now. Focusing on the now, come back to where we are, open your eyes and take this thought with you. Throughout the day, continuously remind ourselves 
that it's the now that defines us it's what we can do in the present moment connected to yesterday and tomorrow but in the now maybe during the day we need to stop and think about it a little bit just close our eyes breathe for a few moments and come back to the now with consideration for yesterday and tomorrow so I wish everyone a meaningful day they have purpose and meaning.